Birth Stories in Color has expanded our services to include postpartum support. Postpartum is a forever journey. This support is just as sacred as birth as it is the foundation to the beginning of your family life, whether it's your first baby or third. Postpartum support can nurture your transition and empower your family as a unit while welcoming the new member. As your postpartum doulas, we serve and support the birthing person and their family in the home and or virtually after delivery during the fourth trimester. Our in-home support enables the family to meet their needs to nourish, revive, nurture, surrender, and heal. Check out our website, birthstoriesandcolor.com, under offerings to see how we may be a support to you. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Una Ife and Anthony Olaya Wright. In her story submission, Una Ife shared that patient-centered care and community brought me through the challenges and gave me so much confidence and peace of mind, allowing her birth to be so much of what she hoped for. We are grateful to hear her and Anthony's truth today. Hello. Welcome you both to the show. Thank you so much Thanks for, for having us. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves and your family? Absolutely. So um, Anthony and I are both from Wisconsin. Um, we transplanted, transplanted to North Carolina in 2019. Um, and we were college sweethearts, so we have just celebrated 10 years together um, this last December. Thank you, thank you. Um, and just celebrated our second wedding anniversary in July. We uh, got married on July 4th, which I feel like is an important part of our story. We don't celebrate July 4th. We celebrate our day, um, get all the fireworks. Um, and yeah, <laughs> um, so I am trained as a social worker. I came here um, to North Carolina to get my degree, my master's in social work. I am now a perinatal mental health therapist. Um, I'm also a doula and I'm soon to be childbirth educator, um, currently taking a course right now. Um, and yeah, we just had our first child um, in February. So she is seven months old tomorrow, meaning I'm seven months postpartum tomorrow. Um, and yeah, she's great. We love her. We're excited to, to share our story. I don't know. Did I miss anything? I mean, I think you crushed it. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, <laughs> the things that I, I guess would add, um, and that's kind of like front of mind now, is that like we are so far from like our immediate family. Um, yes. And I think that also just like shaped uh, like our pregnancy process and like everything else. And even like now, of course, but um, yeah, you crushed it. I mean, that's, that's us in a nutshell. I was going to say there's two things connecting us. I went to grad school in Wisconsin. Hey. Oh, okay. Um, yes, I am a Badger. Hey, and Badger. Then, um, I am a Badger. Yes. Um, and then I'm also my littlest that you just saw is seven months. Uh, oh, she's a February awesome. girl, February 4th. So nice. come on, child. alignment. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Tell us about y'all's pregnancy. Absolutely. So I'm gonna let you start this, um, Anthony, and tell about how we, we found out because I feel like 
I don't know. I've, I've been in the birth world for like, oh, I guess a while now. And I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a birth nut. Like I watched lots of birth videos and all that stuff. Um, but once it came to me being pregnant, it was like, nah, like this isn't it. <laughs> so I'm gonna let yeah. you go. Back. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a crazy, like first, like when we first found out the wild times, we had her friends over, um, I hopped on the grill, make some steak fire 10 out of 10 would recommend um and we had some butter pecan ice cream afterwards everything was like everything was great everybody went to sleep woke up or apparently like she woke up that night and like was like vomiting or something like something was going on i didn't hear it i slept through it that's just i'm a heavy sleeper um i was by myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, the next morning she was like man like i'm not feeling too hot and i'm like oh that's crazy like i hope it's not food poisoning because like that means it was me you know what i'm saying like it was the steak and the butter pecan ice cream that's not a good look um but walk out everybody else is chilling doing fine and we had been like um you know like trying to like get pregnant at that point um and we were just like you know let's let's take this test took two or three of them things everything was positive tears in the bathroom i like 9 a.m. It was it was a really cool time. Um, Mind you, we then, still have our friends in the yeah, house. Yeah, friends are still at the crib. So like, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy! Like silently in our room, and then go out like nothing had happened. <laughs> like I had to sneak out with my hoodie on to get outside. I'm a very emotional person. I had to sneak out with my hoodie on. I was like, all right, y'all, good morning, good morning. Right, I'll catch y'all real quick, just to go outside, just to like post up, and you know, just like be in this moment, but. Um, yeah, so that's how everything got started. Um, and then the first trimester happened and stuff was wild, which I'll, I'll pass to you because, uh, you yes. were, you were there. So, yeah, I was, I was in it. So I think overall, um, my pregnancy went like very smoothly. There were not necessarily too many hiccups or anything that like made me high risk or maybe nervous necessarily but first trimester was rough and like I know that everybody kind of talks about the first trimester being rough like no energy feeling nauseous all of that but it took me out and luckily I was had just graduated um, from my master's program and so I was not yet looking for a job and was able to be home but I was like sick every day all day for months um and that was it was it was debilitating. Like I would, I lost like 15 pounds. I'd never got um, diagnosed with hyperemesis. Um, but I think I, I think I downplayed how terrible I felt and never got the support um, or the diagnosis for that. And until probably about week 14 to 16, I like didn't feel at all like myself. And I think I experienced some depression and just like not feeling good. Um, And so that was really hard. And I think it was an added part of how hard that was for me was that we had really like prepared and planned for this um, pregnancy. I don't know exactly like we planned to get pregnant exactly when we did because in the moment you're like, cool, let's do it. And then you're like, we can wait a second. And that's of course when you get pregnant. Um, (laughs) but in general, like we prayed for it. We like, we were really prepared in a lot of ways beforehand. And so to get that sick, it also felt like a, I'm not necessarily a slap in the face, but it was like, man, I chose this. I chose to feel this terrible. And that was really hard. 
it was crazy to watch too. Like, cause I was so nervous cause she couldn't keep like water down. Um, couldn't keep anything down. And I'm like, man, like I'm nervous for, for her health, but also mm-hmm. like the baby's health. I'm like, you can't, I'm also like a water nut, right? Like I make sure to get my, to get the, uh, the ounces in and I'm like, okay, a big part of, I'm assuming being pregnant is staying hydrated, right? Like, let's get this water in. And it just wasn't, it wasn't sticking. And so like, I, I felt kind of like stressed, um, like during that time of just like, man, I hope the baby's cool. I can hope that, um, you know, like Una's okay. Um, like we had to eat, um, in like pretty much separate parts of like the house because like the smells was like jacking her up. Yeah. Like I had like a really could... bad eat aversion. Yeah, so like I'm cooking and she's like, uh, can you open up some windows, please? I'm going to go in the bedroom and lock myself in there while you finish your meal. Um, yeah, it was just like a lot of wild, like, just like stuff that I didn't really like, I didn't see coming, you know, I was just like, I know you're going to be sick, but to the point where, you know, we on different sides of the house, you know, eating, eating, or I'm eating the meal, you eating crackers and uh, a piece of toast, perhaps, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was crazy. It was, it really was. And um, yeah, so I think that that was probably the biggest thing that was challenging throughout my pregnancy, but otherwise my pregnancy as a whole, I felt really great after that and was still probably like nauseous and would vomit every once in a while, but it was like nowhere to the point that it was in the beginning. And so I felt like I could get more of myself back. I felt like I I didn't have energy in the beginning to like take care of myself or even do any of the like, you know, things to prepare or get my head around the fact that I was even pregnant because I was just sick. So um, after that, it went really well. Um, I there was a moment. I'm sorry. There was a moment in the second trimester or like this, the week before the second trimester, like officially started, came in the, uh, the kitchen and just sang a whole musical number. I was like... <laughs> I was like, where did this energy come from? <laughs> like instantly, I was like, oh, bet, like we're about to hit, like, you know, <laughs> we're about to get out of there. It's a new day. How it's right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pick that. No, that's okay. Yeah, it was a very different energy. <laughs> it was a very different energy for sure. Um, but yeah, so by the time I hit about like midway through my second trimester, I started a new job. Um, and for the most part, it went well for the beginning. Um, but it was really stressful. And so the both the front and end of my pregnancy were kind of had these like stress, like bookends that were really hard to deal with. Um, but my pregnancy as a whole was like really good, really beautiful. I felt, I feel like I felt my most beautiful. I feel like I was just like loving on myself and it was great to be loved on by other people. And I think I had thought about being pregnant and becoming a mother for a really long time. And it was like a very exciting time to experience it. Um, Something that I kind of like looked to and other people for a long time and been like, man, what is that going to feel like? And yeah, it was great. It was really good. You hit on a a really good point though, about especially those moments when the pregnancy can be really tough and you, you already, you're excited for it. And especially if it is something that was planned and even sometimes for people those who it's an unexpected surprise. Um, But those moments where it's really tough to be able to sit in it and process it and how frustrating that can be, especially when it is this like out of body experience, like it's happening to you, but it's a whole new level of things happening to you that 
especially your first time when you're like, I don't, what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, how tough that can be to like, be like, okay, we're pregnant, we're excited, but this actually really sucks. And, um, and sometimes like, you know, people are holding out on sharing too. So there's this process of like trying to show up in spaces too, without being like, y'all, I might vomit at the sight of yeah. you, th- this food, but I'm here. <laughs> exactly. I will say I am a proud homebody. So I was like, nah, I am out. Like, you won't see me. Like, we had multiple occasions over the summer because I was, you know, I became pregnant in like June. Um, and so we had multiple occasions over the summer where people were like, where's Luna at? Like, what's happening? Where's she at? Like, what's going on? I was like, y'all. You'll find out when you find out, but I'm gone. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then Anthony, like you sharing too, um, for partners or other support people, also trying to show up as best you can, like knowing, okay, I know these things that should be happening and that you should be doing, but you're sick. Like, how do it, like, you know, you're showing up as sick. How do I best support that? Um, how do I be there for you when it is, it's not happening to me, but it's happening to you. And I know that you should be doing these things, but yeah, just some really good layers of what that can look like. Um, so thank y'all for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how did you guys actually prepare for your pregnancy and for the birth itself? Was it something that you were actually thinking about along the way, like this set things that you wanted to do throughout the pregnancy and preparing for the birth? Yes. So I think we we started preparing, well, I started preparing for birth before I even got pregnant. Um, so we live in North Carolina and North Carolina requires, um, I really wanted a home birth. I knew that from the beginning. I knew that years before I we had planned to get pregnant. Um, but North Carolina is like pretty stringent about who you can have attend your birth um, if you're trying to have a home birth. Um, And so we were required to have a certified nurse, midwife, they have to be, you know, working under an OB um, and like have all of these stipulations. And so there's very few providers that like offer that um, in our area. And on top of that, we live about like 30 minutes from like the center of our region. Um, And so it also limits like who is available to you at that point as well. So as soon as I found out, we found out, uh, I think that four weeks, so pretty early. And as soon as I found out, I was like, hey, I've already researched you. I already know about your birth center. Like, please, please, please. Like, I'm trying to get in here. And they were like, slow down. (laughs) We don't talk to people until like eight to 12 weeks. Like, chill. Um, But we had already planned for a home birth. Anthony and I had already like talked about what that would look like and talked through um, questions and fears and things because of course as a doula like I had learned about these different things and have immersed myself in a lot of that and the talk between you know where to choose for your birth space and what things are safe and what things you should think about um, so I had brought all that to him already so he was on board and I was like if he wasn't on board we were going to get him on board because I had already decided um <laughs> So that was definitely one thing that we did to prepare was to like build that relationship with our midwife um, and the midwife's assistants at um, 
the practice we went with. Um, and so there was a lot that we did to prepare for a home birth. And a lot of that, I think for the most part was mental, knowing that like, I wouldn't have medication available to me, knowing that everything kind of had to be situated in our home and all of that kind of stuff. It was a definitely a different type of preparation than knowing I would have somebody kind of taking care of all that stuff if I had gone to the hospital. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I'm trying to think what other things felt really important. I guess we, um, I got a doula, um, that was really important to me for sure. Um, and she was great. And I really focused on getting a doula that we like had a good vibe with. Um, but also she offered more prenatal visits than other people. Um, and that felt really important as well, just as a way to like get to know us and just build more of a relationship beforehand. Um, and we like made birth affirmations to hang up in our house. Um, pretty, I think around like 28 weeks. So we like already had those affirmations in our eyesight for like the last trimester, which was really helpful. Um, we, I did a lot of meditation um, through um, the Expectful app, which I highly recommend. It was so helpful for me um, as like a way to um, just like focus myself. So I would listen to like a meditation every night or nights where I would wake up. I, I generally have anxiety, but like I had heightened anxiety, I think in pregnancy. And so nights where I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would just turn on a meditation and try to like center my breath and try to like focus my attention and knew that that would help me during, during birth. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Is there anything else you want to add, babe? Yeah, I think we also, um, well, for me, I think uh, being married to a person who kind of like lived in the birth world from like doula stuff to her actual occupation to just like someone who just like genuinely cares about this stuff. Like a lot of the the prep, um, I was fortunate enough to not have to like go too far because we had books at the crib or, you know, like she had like, you know, this podcast as a recommendation. One of our, uh, was Leslie on this uh, podcast? Okay. Mm -hmm. One of our friends uh, went to Wisconsin. Uh, Leslie um, was on this podcast with you all. Um, and so I think prep uh, wasn't necessarily hard to come by. Um, there was a uh, being, I don't know the name of the book, something best partners, something being a good birth partner book. Yeah, it's like the birth partner or something like that. But um, we had that at the house. Like I was able to like read. I was really curious about like the birth itself. So I was like, hey, I just need to know what's going on. Like I want to know what what the doctors are saying. Like what does it mean to be, you know, effaced? You know what I'm saying? Like what centimeters or whatever. You know, just like I just had questions about like the logistics of it all because it's it's a very mind blowing thing to to birth a child. Um, and so, like, I really want to just, like, learn about the, the science and stuff. Um, we also, like, going through our pregnancy journey with two other people, kind of like, a, or two other couples at the same time, um, which was cool because, like, I think we all, like, bounced ideas off of each other or just, like, um, especially in talking to, like, the husband. I was just like, yo, like, like, I'm, again, like, I'm eating in the whole side of another room, you know, like, or, like, oh, like, you know, just being able to, to, Sure, I just like feelings. I think there's a lot of feelings that um, 
that went into slash are still going on, like, you know, with just like having a child and stuff and being able to have people to share those with who are in a similar space was really, um, it was really a blessing for us. And then I had two friends who um, had babies, uh, like within the year, like their babies were, I think, six months and, and eight months um, when we were pregnant and stuff. Um, and we would just like talk about like how things were, how they got over certain hurdles as like they've gone through it before. Um, so I was really fortunate just to have like guys around who I like just had access to who were like willing to chop it up with me about um, stuff. Cause uh, uh, I mean, prior to like, we're also like the the married friends in both of our friend groups. So like no one's like close to, to where we are in terms of just like, you know, uh, having a baby or like whatever else. Um, and so I was like, man, like, I don't know who I'm gonna talk to necessarily, like what resources are available for, for partners during this time. So um, that was really, that really helped out um, in mm -hmm. getting, I guess like just getting my mind right. Um, also like just going to the appointments right like i was at every midwifery appointment i love saying midwifery um, <laughs> i was at every appointment uh like i didn't really have any questions necessarily but if i did i'll ask um i was just trying to get cool with them see you know i don't want them to like meet me after birth and be like oh what's up dad and i'm like you know just like it, i didn't want that um so i thought and that I was really nice too just to, like sorry you gotta I was just gonna say I think that was that was hard throughout the process too because people assumed that he wouldn't be there or people assumed that like yeah. okay like like here's what you could do, Dad. He's like I'm I'm already doing that. Like I'm already reading books. I'm already educating myself. I'm already reaching out to community. And it felt in some times that it was like like this thing that they felt they had to like hold his hand and walk him through or remind him of, which is absolutely great. Like I, I'm glad that providers are recognizing that we need to kind of hold partners up to be supportive. But how about we ask first how you're being supportive? Because um, he was already doing it. Like yeah, it was a lot of assumptions being made. <laughs> a lot of assumptions being made at some of these appointments. Yeah. And no shade to them. Like again, I no. I love the the midwife. Um, group that we work with uh, but I would leave some of those meetings sometimes being like and we would talk about this too like man like like I feel like Una would have to sometimes like defend me in a way of mm -hmm. like oh no Anthony's doing this this and this at the crib and I'm like like yeah like I and it's and it you know unfortunately there are you know like partners or whatever who who aren't you know supportive or and you know and stuff but um, I think to make the assumption that that partners aren't uh, at times just felt kind of like bogus and i didn't like that um yeah yeah but they were cool our doula was cool i think we also asked a really good question to the doula about um specifically like working with uh with like black people um because our doula uh is or was is abby still our doula is white um <laughs> and just making like an intention to like do that uh just to like act straight up like you know what are your thoughts? Like, how do you, how do you look at this? Right. Um, how does support shift for, for us? Because that's like really important for the experience that we're going to have. Right. And, um, so that worked out too. She actually, um, is married to a black man, has black kids. So like it was, 
she was able to just kind of like empathize to like our, a lot of our fears about like going to the hospital and like all this other stuff. Um, and just, she, she understood where like we were coming from. So I don't even know what the question was, but uh, you did a lot of, we had like <laughs> a lot of prep. <laughs> Like we had a lot yeah, of no, but you I answered it. <laughs> I'll I'll add to we had a lot of other providers that I ended up seeing towards the end. I started seeing like an acupuncturist, um, a chiropractor, um, who else? Um, we took breastfeeding classes. Also, Anthony was the only partner who joined for our breastfeeding class. Um, and I, yes, absolutely. Like I was, I was like, really like trying to learn. Like, I'm like, should I? should I stay in this class? Like nobody else's partner is here. And I was like, no, you're staying. <laughs> so it was really great. Um, he, I feel like you learned a lot. I feel like um, he was in it. We never took a childbirth education class really because of timing. Um, and like the class that we had signed up for um, got canceled last minute. Um, and so we, we never did that necessarily, but we kind of did our due diligence in all the ways that Anthony was kind of saying. And I knew that I didn't want to be his teacher. Like I, I knew that I had a lot of information and a lot of stuff going on in my head, which at sometimes I'll say was like overwhelming because it's like, you know, a little too much. Um, and so my mind was going a hundred places at once. So I, I didn't want to take on the burden of also feeling like I had to educate him um, because as well, I feel like that changes the dynamic of like, I, like we're in this, I'm not your teacher, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I wanted us to experience learning together rather than um, it feel like this thing that I'm like putting on him or kind of dictating. I don't know. It just felt weird. So we found ways to do that in other kind of mediums other than a childbirth class. I think that I would love to do one in the future if we ever get pregnant again. Um, but yeah, I think I also read some books as well. I read, um, um, what is it? Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. And I also read um, part of Birthing from Within. Um, and both of those were really helpful. I think like my biggest thing was hearing the birth stories that were in um, um, the beginning of the Guide to Childbirth, um, just because they're so varied. On top of this podcast as well, I loved um, listening to this. Like this was so helpful for me of just hearing all the differences, hearing the joy, hearing the challenge. Um, and a lot of the work I feel like I did mentally was to, um, to acknowledge any fears that I had. Um, and I think one of the biggest ones I think is like the uncertainty, I guess, of home birth of like what happens if, um, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole of all the what ifs, but also I had to continue to kind of remind myself that I chose we chose home birth because of like the what we know about the hospital and the medical um system and and what that looks like and how challenging that can be and that we chose home birth because we knew we wanted to control our space we wanted to feel like we had providers who were there especially for us we wanted to feel like cared for and calm throughout this process um and like I knew I could do it. Like I knew my body could do it. And so I had to continue to like remind myself of that to like 
acknowledge the fears and acknowledge and give away some control. Um, and so I feel like those are the biggest things that I tried to prepare myself throughout birth for was just kind of the mental, <laughs> the mental work of birth, um, because it was a lot and being a first time, um, birthing person, I just felt like there's only so much I can prepare for. I don't know what this will feel like in my body, but I know that my body knows what to do. So it's interesting you noticed like the differences in how they treat the father in in these spaces sometimes and just acknowledging mm-hmm. that everyone comes from a different place. Everyone is not aloof and not <laughs> um interested in what is going right. on. Um so how you say like there there's how about you ask first kind of thing. I think I'm always annoyed at a birth when they refer to the father as dad the whole time. I'm always annoyed. I'm like, his name is Ed or his name is John. Yes. As a doula, I'm like, hey, John. <laughs> I'll even write it on the board when I walk in, like, because it's got the mom and they might put uh-huh. the baby's name and I'll be like, John, dad. Like, <laughs> I love that. Yes. I'm going to put some respect on his name today. <laughs> and hold space for them to be able to show up and ask questions and um, participate in what feels comfortable and then open space for them to get out of what feels comfortable, right? <clears throat> when we just assume we don't allow for there to be this curiosity of this magical, wonderful experience, um, we just this kind of silo of what can happen. Um, And then I'm also thinking about, um, you know, you speaking from being in the work, right? It does make you get in your head a lot more because you know so much of the, you know, behind the scenes or like all the what ifs and and all the situations. And so sometimes that can block out, can not block out, but overpower the parts of you that know that you can do it. Um, And you really have to separate the two. And I love how you were like, you know, I, for, for Anthony and I, I wanted it to be that, I wanted to be in it. I didn't want to be the doula. I didn't want to be the Mm -hmm. birth worker. I wanted to experience this on the other side with my husband, because this is what we were doing together. And I think that's so important for other birth workers to be reminded of, right? Like we don't have to hold space for ourselves and our family in that way. We can show up as the family, that is Absolutely. pregnant. <laughs> That's having a baby. <laughs> Get my, the people to support us. <laughs> yes, exactly. In my first doula training, um, there was like this saying that we would always say to ourselves, like doula your damn self. But only when you are just like out in this world being a person, like nobody should doula them themselves through pregnancy and birth. <laughs> like That is not something you need to do um, or should be expected to do just because you know what's going on. Tell us about y'all's birth. Oh, we've made it. Wow. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Yeah, no, I think. Um, so I guess I'll start with, I'm pretty sure that I was in early labor for like a week. <laughs> so I was um, just about to be 39 weeks and we had had um, a midwife appointment Um no real signs of anything happening. Um, but my, our midwife was like, 
I don't think it's going to happen yet. You're too cheery. Like, you're just chilling. Like, usually when people are about to have birth, like, give birth, they're, like, they come in, like, tired and ready to be done. And that's not you. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get to that place. Because, honestly, I was pretty chipper the whole time. But she was like, you better go ahead and get you a last date night in. Like, do something nice for yourselves. Get this, like, last couple days, weeks, however long you have to like really enjoy it together. So it's, it won't be just you anymore. So we did like a nice little date day. We got brunch. We went to the art museum in our area and walked around for like an hour and a half. By the time I was done with that hour and a half walk, I was like, oh, like, think I'm having contractions like this is kind of intense I was like pausing Anthony was like you good I was like I think I'm just gonna go to the bathroom it's fine um I come back out and he's like let's go home and I was like ah, I don't know we could we're fine um we did end up going home watched a movie went to sleep the contractions subsided and for like the next week I continued to have like a few contractions here there nothing that Last a very long progress, like nothing really changed, but it might have been like an hour here, an hour there. Um, and I think it was probably like a Thursday night we had gone to the art museum on a Saturday. The Thursday night, um, I randomly like threw up very violently. This is just, I guess, nausea and vomiting is my story. <laughs> like that is just like what I, what it is. Um, and so I had a really intense like vomit that evening um we called our midwife I was like I don't know like I just feel like this could be something she was like don't worry about it it might have just been something you ate so went to bed next day was fine um we had like all these things to do that Friday we had a home inspection we bought a, a new house and so we had our like one year home inspection we, um, I had to call a new doula client and be like, hey, I'm going to give birth, like my due date's in a couple of days. So I just wanted to check in and I'll reach back out to you in like a month. <laughs> um, and so we like kind of checked some stuff off the list, finished some like nesting things around the house. Um, and Anthony cooked a really nice dinner. I think we had like pesto and chicken. It was really great. And we took like a little walk down our street, which is like a new area and so we literally just have one street like that's all that exists in our neighborhood right now and we went from the front to the back I did like four uh lunges and like six squats and I was like that's all I got and we went inside <laughs> we have video and it is embarrassing how how weak these lunges and squats were like I did not have it in me we also have no curbs so I couldn't do like curb walking or any of that stuff like I was keeping it pretty mild and simple um but I was like maybe this baby could come this weekend like that's possible um and so we like started watching a movie I think around like nine and 40 minutes into the movie I had had four contractions to very much like 10 minutes apart Anthony was like maybe you should go to sleep like <laughs> should you get some rest like if this is real um, and I was like it's like, not gonna real, play it down. she was sure. like <laughs> she was like no I'm fine like let's finish the movie I was like dog like these seem very timed out like <laughs> I think that we should get some rest because at this point it's probably about to be like it's about to be 10 I'm like let's, <laughs> let's go to bed um that day our inspector guy too came through and was like um he was like, oh, like, uh, you know, the the easiest way to get, you know, a pregnancy induced is to, like, get into some sexual relations. 
And like, also, was, first of all, our home inspector should never have been talking to him. Yeah, but I say he was having some weird conversations. <laughs> he, was, he didn't understand <laughs> space or boundaries. Um, and so, uh, so that night too, we were like, all right, these contractions are coming. Like, you know, like, let's give it a go. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's try to induce this even further. <laughs> Couldn't even like, like really do anything. Cause like, <laughs> it was like, I would like, I would move one way and be like, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> have to breathe through the contraction. And then he was like, okay, you all right? Like, you want to try a different way? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do, oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and it was like back to back like this. And Anthony was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know like, if this is happening. <laughs> I feel like we're here now. Let's just, let's just see what it's talking about. And so we, we stopped. Um, and I will say it was a good laugh though. Like I, oh, I feel hilarious. like that was oxytocin producing at, at the very least that laugh we had after, <laughs> after failing that try. <laughs> And so we had already, um, cause again, we're at the crib with it and we wanted to do, um, we had like the pool and stuff set up already. And so like everything around the house felt ready to go in terms of just like the actual setup. We had like these little fake, uh, like tea light candles just kind of like spread around the room. Um, we made a playlist, uh, you know, we just had, everything was ready to go to the point where, okay, you're having these contractions, like. You know, let's do these, let's breathe, let's see what stuff is talking about. We have a dog and we're like, all right, we gotta get Albie out of here. Albie's the name of our dog. Um, and so like we had to call folks to get him picked up. Um, and so like I think logistically we were like we felt in a in a solid spot. Um and then the contractions, uh they got it got to a point where they were like it felt like they were coming like pretty fast. I think at that point they were probably about three minutes apart. I think we started using our um, our like contraction um, timer, and it was about three minutes apart. Which is at what point we called our doula and like let her know. Um, she was like, "Great, I'll make my way." Um, and she lives about like thirty minutes away from us, so she probably got here in like an hour. By the time she got to the house, I, you know, I feel like they, t- you know we talk about birth as like this progression, like you'll be able to talk through contractions and you'll be like, I don't ever remember not stopping and breathing through my contractions, like from the very beginning. And so I was feel like I was in it and time had already started to like not make sense at that point. But she got there and as soon as she got there, she was like, yeah, I think we should call your midwife. <laughs> and we had like called her earlier and she was like, great, I'll see y'all in the morning. Like it's, it's your first birth, like, it's gonna take a while, like, I'm not worried, and it sounds like everything's going fine, but by the time our doula got there, she was like, nah, (laughs) call her, (laughs) um, and so by the time that the midwife and doula got there, what was probably, or excuse me, the doula's already there, but by the time the midwife got there and the rest of the team, I think it was around three in the morning, yeah, yeah, um, and I, I remember them getting there, um, but I feel like I was really in it. My my doula was really helpful and she was providing like a lot of like pressure and um and just like encouraging me to to move. I feel like I think I, I wanna say that I was in the shower when when our midwife team got there. Um and so that was really helpful as just kind of a way to like direct my like attention. 
Um, I feel like water is really soothing for me. So I feel like that we kept, kept coming back to that. Um, but yeah, from I think three until maybe six, like I was going in and out of like really exhausted to like just only focusing on my contractions like I I really don't remember that timing at all so you can absolutely step in and tell me what happened in that moment because yeah sure. <laughs> uh, yeah from like really three until like the the sun rose uh, it was like you were just like knocked out unless you were having a contraction and then you will wake up have a contraction knock back out and at first I was like man like like, is there progress being made? Because, like, I'm nervous. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it seems like there's a lot of time in between these things. And I'm like, like, we want, you know, I want, like, everything to, like, run, you know, of course, and do what it's going to do. Um, but I, I was just, like, nervous about just, like, the time that was elapsing. Um, but, I mean, you were cool. You were just asleep. <laughs> you were, okay. like, not. Well, and so when the midwife had gotten there at three, um, I was, I think they had said that I was five centimeters. So I was, I was at this point probably in active labor, uh, but it was unclear like whether pro progress was like slowing down or, or what have you. And I think at one point I got into the pool um, and they, I think they noticed that my contractions had slowed down. So I got out and was more on the bed and trying to like do maneuvers with my legs and all that kind of stuff. But as I said before, like being in the birth working space you're like, oh, I know I have so many tools under my belt. There's so many things that I can turn to and so many different ways I can come help my body in these moments. All of it was gone. All of it. <laughs> I didn't think about, I wasn't thinking about nothing. Um, and so I feel like I was leaning a lot on like, I wasn't even leaning on what to do next. I was like, y'all can tell me what to do, but like, until you tell me what to do, I'm just in it. I'm just here. Like, I don't know what time is. I don't know what my body is doing. I'm just here. Um, and I was just really focused on like every contraction, like literally telling myself, this is a wave. You can feel it starting. You can feel it peaking. You can feel it going away. And like, you can get through this. Like you can get through each of these contractions. And I was literally, I think, going contraction by contraction the entire time. <laughs> um, but you know, it worked. Um, and so I think around nine, they were kind of like, well, at this point, like we should try to continue to get things to progress because they slowed down. You found some rest, like let's, let's kind of change it up. So my doula helped me get into the mile high circuit. Um, and you know, for any listeners who don't know, I like it's, I don't even know where it came from, but I had watched lots of YouTube videos about it beforehand and had tried it a little bit um, like before like labor began just to kind of like see what those like positions felt like. Um, and so she helped me do that. And I it's a circuit of, I guess, five technically like three different moves, but um, for two of the moves you do on both sides. So technically like five all together for 30 minutes for each of the things that you're doing. And so I got through the first three, which um, I want to say lasted probably, yeah, lasted about like two hours. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we're around like 11. 
And I get into the third one, which is like kneeling down, I'm laying over a yoga ball and I get into a, like a lunge position. And as soon as I get into a lunge position, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do it. Um, I get back up. And as soon as I like move my body back, my water broke. Um, and I remember my doula, which I'm so, so thankful for. She really just got on my level. She got into my ear and she said, okay, this is really great signs of progress. Like you are doing so well. I want to let you know that your water just broke, meaning it's about to get a lot more intense. And I'm so glad she said that because she just like, she was so calm. She was so encouraging, but she was like, we're like at the finish line, right? Like this is about to get more intense. Everything is looking good and get ready, right? Um, and sure enough, <laughs> as soon as my water broke, my next contraction, I was like, oh, we here we are. <laughs> okay, this is, this is real. Um, and so, yeah, at this point, I'm on the floor in our bedroom and I'm kind of moving around trying to get through contractions and I can hear behind me everybody else on our team like trying to like prepare <laughs> because as soon as like I she stuck her head out and was like her water broke and then everybody started coming into the bedroom and starting to like get the pool ready because at that point it cooled down so they were trying to um heat it back up and fill it back up but then it got too full <laughs> and they were trying to take water out of the pool. And I'm sitting here trying to get through each of my contractions, but I'm like, get me in that pool. Like y'all like, please. And I can't say it. I can say absolutely nothing at this point. I, words do not exist. They exist inside my mind, but they do not exist <laughs> in the space for him. So I'm just constantly like, I just need to get in that pool. I just need to get in that pool. And so they finally have it ready. Um, and I need help getting there because I, at this point, my, I think my voice had changed. It was like, an, and you can speak to this, Anthony, of like what you noticed was different, but I knew like everybody kind of was like ready and like in a different pace because things were moving more quickly. Um, and so I could feel that the baby was like, much lower she was in my pelvis and I was like okay like we're getting close and I don't know how I'm gonna stand up and walk over to this pool and get inside of it like that feels like something my body can't do like I just I can't wrap my mind around it and I knew it was gonna be painful um and so I think at this point I probably felt I think was the only point I felt like panicked in the process. Um, it was all a lot, but I felt like a little bit out of control at this point because I was like, I just don't know how this is gonna work. Um, and so I think there were a few screams. I think I was like, I can't do it. Um, and finally got into the pool. Um, but yeah, I'll let you speak really quick, Anthony, about like what you noticed or like what at this point, I feel like hours have transpired and I haven't let you kind of give your your input <laughs> oh no you okay i mean i was i was just around trying to just trying to be in your face and uh and keeping you cool but like at this point too i think everyone just kind of like hit a panic of uh like trying to get you into the pool so i remember me and uh abby ardula like tried to <laughs> we tried to like scoop you up by like the legs and like 
lift you into the pool wasn't working. Um, it was actually a pretty chaotic time. Um, cause, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had like, you went from like the open mouth, like low sounds to the clenched jaw. Like I'm trying to push some out sound. Uh, it, there was like a, a scary moment for me where like they couldn't, uh, they couldn't find, uh, Zavi's heartbeat. And I yeah. was like, like at this point too, like when it seems like everything is about to be like, we're almost there. And like, they were like moving it around, like couldn't find nothing. And I was like, man, this would be so devastating if like Una just did all this and like, you know, and this for something like tragic to happen like this. Um, so I feel like they took our heart or like, we're looking for it. Like it felt like, it a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say, I don't know how many, but like that felt like a very long period of like time that had like elapsed. Um, and I think it was like positionally, like they were too like high. I think she was just really low. Yeah. Like she was really, really low in my pelvis. And because I was in the pool that she like couldn't get to the right angle to like have the Doppler catch her heartbeat. And so, yeah, that was really hard too. Cause yes, I was scared. And I also was in a different type of pain. And at that point she was like, I'm so sorry, but you're gonna have to stand up so I can catch her heartbeat. And that was, I was like, for real I don't know how this is gonna work but I did it we did it <laughs> um stood up caught her heartbeat it was fine and she was reassuring too she was like this is okay this is a sign that she's really low but we just gotta make sure that she's doing okay and so that we can keep going um and so after she got her heartbeat I um kneeled back down in the pool and so at that point I think I got into the pool I must have been it must have been like maybe 11.45, I want to say. And at that point, I was still like laboring her down a little bit. Um, no, I think I got in the pool at like 12. And within about 15 minutes, she was out. So we, that was, I feel like an experience that I, this, this whole birth, I guess, I think was marked with me really just being in my head, being in my space, like reminding myself of kind of all the meditations and all of the affirmations that I, that were really helping me getting through it um, and reminders that I'm just like getting closer to meeting my baby. And by the time that I was like getting ready to push, I was just like, I have to just get her out. I have to get her out because it felt too big <laughs> to like to focus and like be steady with. Um, and so I was definitely no longer steady. And then in hindsight, I'm like, man, like I, I just needed a reminder that I could do this still and find my breath because I, I no longer had it. So I feel like I lost control at that point, but thankfully I was not pushing long. And I just remember that it was, um, it was empowering because I could really feel her coming, right? Like I could really feel that change in her, but I wish that I had been able to be more present to like, whoa, like I feel her trying to make her way and I feel myself trying to make my way, um, but there's no regrets. And yeah, within 15 minutes, she was born at 12, 18 in the water and she came out really steadily and like I held her there in the water for a second before bringing her out and um yeah she arrived in our bedroom on February 12th 
Um, and it was wild. And we just hopped right in bed and pushed out a placenta. It got stitched up and got real cozy for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Um, <laughs> home birth is just different. Um, whether you're present for it, if you're the birth giver, like, it's just different. It's a full trusting um, in yourself and the people you've invited. Mm -hmm. And um, it says a lot about your relationship with each other um, as well. Just everybody doesn't have that. And I need y'all to understand that. Like, that's like, it's not just something to be taken lightly, um, even though home birth was very much so the norm in, a, in our communities at one point. Um, it's, we our mentals and just what we're used to has been so far from that. Mm -hmm. And bringing ourselves back to that is, it's a beautiful thing to see it, not just um, for everybody, but especially for black people. Yeah. And I think that's, it was so important for me just for Anthony to be here with me on this podcast because I, I could not have done it without him. And he was so, so amazing and such like, just like a pillar throughout the entire process. I was so sure of his support. I was so sure of his love and like how often he got in my face and was like, you're doing it. Like I there's there's many parts that I do not remember of birth, but I think the things that are mo most clear to me are like him in my space and like us just being in like this own like little world together. Um, and it was so special and I'm so, so thankful and grateful that I have him. I did not take it lightly that, yeah, like not everybody has that, not everybody has access to home birth and we were able to make it the birth that we wanted it to be. Um, which is, um, I feel like, remarkable to say in this day and age because there's so many things that you can't plan for, that you can't be prepared for, and a system that oftentimes is working against us. So um, I just feel very, very grateful. And I'm, he was an integral part to why that was able to be to happen. Yeah, the home birth was, uh, it was really cool. Because, like, this, I mean, all I knew prior to you know, like being with the women and stuff was just like the hospital and like, you know, that kind of was what it was. Um, but I also didn't want anything bad to happen. And I felt like by the end of the process, I was like, yo, like, or even just going into it, I was like, yo, like, I trust all these people who are com coming to the house. Like, I, like, I just felt, I just felt ready for things to like unfold. And I knew that like being at the house, Having snacks at the crib, what? I was able to make like, like just some toast, you know what I'm saying? Or just like, oh, uh, you know, wanted like some coconut water. I was like, oh, bet I'll go to the fridge real quick. The straw that I know that we have as a drawer, you know what I'm saying? Like things were like, everything just felt, I don't know, it felt very natural. Um, and, um, or, that's just not the word I want to use. It just, it, we were comfortable. We were comfortable at the crib. Um, and uh, yeah, if we, if we do have another child, like, like I feel like I know even further, just like what to expect with like a home birth and like look forward to it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it was a really cool, it was a really cool experience. There's a level of ease um, when you're in your mm -hmm. home. Because, like, right, like, you know where the straws are, the straws that you can use, the straws that you like, if that's what you, you know, you want. 
but it allows you to be mm-hmm. much more relaxed to um be playful during the birth to to excuse you um <laughs> to do things um to just be yourselves because you're at home you're in your home um with people that you trust and so yeah it just allows you to be much more relaxed um and to be in the moment uh, when you're able to do that thank you naomi imani lord (laughs) mixing up the children um (laughs) my other one is naomi um I mix up Anthony and our dog. Anthony, so, no. It's actually, it's ridiculous. It's true. It's truly absurd. <laughs> it's too much going on up here. You get what you get. You'll be right. who you are today. Somebody answer me, okay? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Yes. She's a <laughs> so tell us you're cozy you're at home postpartum is forever around here um yeah. so y'all are still in it but tell us about that early postpartum and then where you are now absolutely um yeah so it was really great um I think that it was I wouldn't say bittersweet is the word but it was it was, um, it was layered. <laughs> I think, you know, there's some beauty in knowing that you have some people to turn to, I guess, in the hospital setting. Um, and also lots of interruptions. So we were very set in that home birth was great because we could be in our own space. And, you know, after three hours of making sure all your vitals are good and all that kind of stuff, everybody was like, okay, see you later. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, like, we're here now. We're doing this. Okay. Man, they felt um, so smooth. They were like, all right, so like, like, we'll see you tomorrow. And then I was like, what? <laughs> where, <laughs> where y'all going? I thought we were going to at least speak for, you know, at least into the night. You know what I'm saying? It's only, one, it's only two o'clock. And they was out of there. I, I was like, wow. I, like, I really appreciate you bringing that up because I don't think people... When we have had home births, we really talk about that part because there definitely is this shock layer of like, wait, the time? Wait, oh. what? <laughs> I'm going now? You're okay. right now? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do quickly. Um, and it was like, okay, so now we just have a baby. Like, all right, I guess. Um, and I had had a, like, a second degree tear. And so... I was like stitched up and for no reason did I need to really get out of the bed outside of going to the bathroom, but um, we just kind of cozied up in our bedroom. Um, I think we like tried to turn on a movie or something on our laptop and we were like, what are we doing? (laughs) Like we called our people and told them the good news and just really were able to, um, to soak it in, but it was definitely some shock factor for sure. Um, but yeah, we, we luckily were able, as we said, like we're from Wisconsin and none of our, you know, immediate family lives here. We've built a great community here who feels like family, but like our parents don't live here and our siblings don't live here. Um, so something we really tried to be intentional with, um, in the beginning was also planning out like their visits and stays in ways that felt supportive, but also not too overwhelming because as much as we love family, there's always, you know, 
a limit to <laughs> to how much um, we want folks in our space. So um, my mom um, came. Um, so Zavi's original due date was um, February 14th or Valentine's Day. Um, I'm glad that she was not a Valentine's Day baby, but she is my, our Valentine's baby. Um, and so my mom decided to fly out on the 14th and stay for two weeks. And thank goodness, um, Anthony's mom stayed for a week after that. Um, we had both of our siblings each stay for a week. Um, but thank goodness my mom was here because around nine days postpartum, I, um, well, I guess eight days postpartum, I started getting a really, really bad headache. Um, and I'm used to migraines, used to headaches, um, but I also knew that a headache um, in pregnancy, postpartum can also mean other things. So I was a little bit hyper aware and it really took me out. Like, yeah, it was bad, I know. Um, and so I usually am not a person to nap, even postpartum, like no matter how tired I am, a nap just usually isn't something I've tried to do. Um, but I was like, no, I'm going to bed early. Like I'm going to bed at eight. Like I knew I just didn't feel right. Um, and I had taken my blood pressure that evening and it was pretty high. Um, and blood, high blood pressure is just something that I've never experienced before. So I was a little bit concerned. Um, but thankfully, because we did a home birth um, and because we had a midwife, we also were able to have home visits after birth as well. And thank goodness, because oftentimes you don't see a doctor for weeks. Um, and we saw our midwife day one, day three, day five, like many times um, really early on. And so the next day she was supposed to come, I sent them a text and it was just like, hey, like my blood pressure is elevated. I just want to let you know. They're like, great, we're going to take your urine, check for protein, like all that kind of stuff when we get there, like try not to worry, just rest. Um, and so in the morning, my blood pressure was even higher. I still had a headache and I just didn't feel good. So I was a little nervous when they came. Um, generally, everything felt fine. Other things like were not wrong. I didn't have any swelling, no changes in my vision, nothing. Um, but when she took my blood pressure again at the end of our visit, my blood pressure was like, I think it was 172 over 110. And it was like, really, like, really high. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, this is emergency level. Like, you need to go to the hospital. And um, thankfully, my mom was there. She was actually at the time going to like a different city to go pick up a, a breastfeeding pillow from Facebook marketplace. And I was like, come back. Um, and so yeah, we had to get the baby ready. And that was really, really hard. Um, nine days postpartum to like have to leave the baby knowing I didn't want to like bring her into the emergency room. Um, not having pumped yet or anything like that. And just like was kind of thrust into this thing. Um, felt really scary. I felt really overwhelmed, really emotional um, because I know what the statistics talk about and I know what the what the risks are um, with having those symptoms, having high blood pressure, preeclampsia, um, postpartum, and what that looks like for Black people in this country. And so I knew, you know, throughout my 
pregnancy, throughout birth, I was like, I'm choosing home birth. I'm doing this. I'm doing that because I really didn't want to be a statistic or I didn't want to kind of fall prey to some of like the interventions and things that I know can be kind of really uh, challenging to work through and hard to advocate for yourself through. And so I was really worried that going to the hospital, I would like further have to advocate and like we did a home birth so we wouldn't have to experience this. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a lot going through my mind. And when I got to the hospital, they diagnosed me with, um, well, first of all, when we got to the hospital, we checked in at the front desk. I told them my blood pressure and the woman said, damn. I was, was like, that Kevin Hart video yes. with uh, Don Cheeto. Exactly. And I looked at him like, dog, are you for real right now? Like, you hear, you this hear is my life. <laughs> this like, is my life. You, you about to damn me? Oh, my goodness. So that was a great way to start our <laughs> hospital stay. And I think was indicative of what transpired. But I was um, diagnosed with severe preeclampsia, uh, postpartum preeclampsia. And thankfully, they took it really seriously when they heard that I was recently postpartum. Um, and I was admitted to the emergency department really, really quickly. I started on magnesium drip and like all the kind of things they do to bring down blood pressure and to prevent um, eclampsia. So I was grateful for that. And the, the care that we had in the hospital was terrible. Um, we were in the emergency department. I think we went in around like three in the afternoon and I didn't get moved up to labor and delivery until two in the morning. So we were in the emergency department for 12 hours with very little contact or communication from anybody. And because of COVID times, like we were tested for COVID or I was tested for COVID right when I got back um, into our room in the emergency department and um they were doing all the things and hooking me up to IVs or whatever. And then after maybe like two hours, never came back like four hours. And we were like, what's going on? Like we called people, like tried to get people in to tell us what was going on. And the next person to come in was fully gowned, fully masked, like all the precautions and was like, oh, like, like I was like, excuse me, why are you masked? Why, what's going on here? She was like, no one told you you tested positive for COVID. <laughs> I was like, no, we've been sitting here for three hours since I got tested and no one has told us anything. Absolutely nothing. She came in like super scrubbed up. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, all the like she was about to perform like some kind of experiment. I was like, man. Yeah, it was like ET or something. <laughs> right. So we were like, it was crazy and nobody had told us. Mind you, getting out of the hospital, we had been basically quarantined this whole time. We had only seen our midwife. We had only, we were all masked. Like we had only seen the people who were close to us uh, or like not even, you know, not even really friends. Um, and so I was like, how did we get COVID first of all? And when we got out of the hospital, I took multiple rapids, a PCR test, all of that. It all came back negative. And so something that I wish I had done was ask what kind of test they had taken and ask for a PCR because you're in a hospital so you can get those results pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, but yeah, because of that, we had terrible communication and that was just like the start of it. And so I was in the hospital for two nights. Um, and 
the first night we were like, great, everything's going well. My blood pressure responded really quickly, went down um, and continued to stay that way. And they were like, great, like this is a 24 hour drip. You'll be able to go home tomorrow. And we get um, into the room. Thankfully they let um, Anthony and Zavi come to the hospital to stay with me. And I was able to breastfeed all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the next day when we were like literally packing up our room, ready to go, the nurse came into the room and was like, oh, no one's told you you have to stay another 12 hours for observation. <laughs> no, no one's told us anything. <laughs> so another great, great uh, experience. So we stayed two nights in the hospital and all in all, I'm so grateful that we had a midwife who was ready and able to check on us so quickly that they were responsive to my needs and that I was able to walk out of the hospital, but it was a really terrible experience in the hospital in general. So that was really hard. And I really felt in some ways like gypped of like my postpartum experience, um, which was really hard. Um, but, and it, I think it's hard to, to hold both things that like you're grateful for your life and being cared for and like being on the other side. And also like that was a terrible experience. I didn't feel cared for by like those providers. I didn't feel respected. Um, and like, this was something like I, you know, despite all the things that we know, I never expected to happen. Um, so that was really hard. Um, but outside of that, I think that generally postpartum has gone really well. Um, I feel like we have supported each other and Anthony has done a lot to step up. I feel like he's become the resident cook in our house, like <laughs> the resident cleaner in our house. And I'm like, I'm just over here feeding the baby. <laughs> um, so I'm so grateful for him um, and our family and our friends who are, who are amazing. And also as much as I have been told that you have to prepare for postpartum, I wish I prepared for postpartum. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of things I knew could be options postpartum that I didn't necessarily uh, plan for or like put in place beforehand. And I was like, I know that this is going to happen, but like, of course it didn't because no one else around me is watching birth videos 24-7 and like taking million of millions of trainings and like all this kind of stuff. So um, if and when we have another child, um, I, I heard one of my um, doula trainers say like if you have like 10 eggs in your in your basket for parenthood is like maybe three or four in the birth basket and everything else should be for postpartum. Um, and so I'm I will take, I will, I will take that advice. <laughs> I have to remind myself, I will take that advice. Um, because as in some ways easygoing um, and, um, and light and joyful as postpartum has been, I'm also like, man, there could have been a lot more nurturing that I prepared myself for or prepared other people around me to do even better. Um, and I feel really cared for and I also know that there are things that I would love to experience um, in this like journey to motherhood. Um, and yeah. I think it's hard, right? Like I think like being parents is hard, you know? Um, and back to like when 
like our birth team like left, like the transition that we're, I mean, that we're going to be experiencing probably for the rest of our lives, like as Zavi gets older and stuff, like um, it's just like, it's just different. Um, like our understanding of like time is different. Um, like how we like interact with each other, you know what I'm saying? is different and like being able to like process those things out with each other has been important. Um, and also to like recognize that like, Hey, like some of this stuff is kind of trash, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like that, it's not saying that we like, we love being parents, but like, do I, do I enjoy, uh, uh, spending, you know, 30, 45 minutes sterilizing, uh, you know, <laughs> bottles and whatever else, you know, every night, not particularly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and so I just, I think it's like recognizing like both both sides of it of of um like the the time that um you know we just had Zavi and we were getting like the, the meals and like we were getting all the visits and stuff like that like that was all good um and like it's just hard um and uh I like I don't think that I I mean no one knows how to like be a parent right like it just kind of like is an identity that you take on and like like you're you're in it, and so I think uh, I wish I would have gave personally myself more space to um, to be like yeah like I don't really know what I'm doing because um, I feel like I was like and still am to a certain extent like kind of hard on myself when it comes to getting stuff together or like making sure things are like in a good spot because um, like nothing is ever in a good spot like I'm looking at the house right now I'm like man like. I need to wipe this table down. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, what what time do we have? You know what I'm saying? What, um, how do we, so I think postpartum for me has just been like, just like a, a reshifting of priorities and like just being okay with feeling multiple things at the same time that can easily like conflict. I'm so grateful for that testimony, Anthony. <laughs> As I look at this load of laundry. <laughs> right. Man, we got clothes on the table. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at a pile of clothes. I don't know if they're clean or dirty, but they on the table. Like they on the <laughs> <laughs> okay, Oh my gosh. It's just it's it's I, I just really appreciate you saying like out loud, it's hard. It is. <laughs> at all stages, all phases. It's beautiful and it's hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are keeping humans alive and trying to love them while yes. also trying to keep ourselves alive and love ourselves and, and people that we are creating a life with. Yes. It's hard out here. <laughs> At least twice a day, we're constantly like, we're parents? Like, what? Correct. Like, how? How? It's just us. <laughs> uh, but it's, I, I just, I really appreciate both of you really sharing today, just all, all the layers, like you said, um, of the experience and especially getting your perspective, Anthony, because we, we absolutely love when we are able to have partners on here because it is important for partners to know they have a space in this experience and that it's an experience for them too. 
and yeah. that they also transform and that they also have to process what this means and reshift and and that's okay because it's like Danielle said a family is created it's every it's happening to everybody um so yeah just really appreciative of that and is there anything else that you guys want to share with our listeners whether it be advice um resources or anything like that yeah two things real quick or it might be two i don't know it might be three um (laughs) our so there was like a there was like a weird dynamic between our midwives and our doula at times where like there was a moment where um like it was four of us in the room like me una um our midwife and our doula um and there's three midwives on the team and then it ended up just being me and una in the room for like hours and i was like i don't want to leave because i'm like somebody's gonna come in right and like hours i felt like two hours went by no one came in and i was like hey like what's going on turns out one of the midwives told the doula like hey like let's leave them alone to uh to hopefully promote is it uh serotonin oxytocin what is it oxytocin oxytocin yeah to get like some oxytocin flowing in my head i'm like dog no oxytocin is flowing right now she is sleep you know what i'm saying she sleeps she wakes up she has a contraction and goes back like there's there's none of that current like it's not happening but like didn't tell me didn't tell una and like i feel like that just kind of like set like a weird vibe like between them not necessarily that impacted our like experience um so we were we weren't necessarily like advised that like our midwives needed to like meet our doula um like prior to because we even asked them at an appointment like hey like you know we have a doula like does she need to come to one of these appointments to like meet y'all they're like no it's all good um i would probably just like advise that um because Mm -hmm. i like in that moment i was like this is stupid like where where is everybody um and like for no one to tell us and for it to be that reason when like i would just be like nah like just stay here um i think that i I would just advise that to like have your team like link up if possible and if you think it's necessary too um and then uh the second one is more of like a uh a fun tidbit it's hard to make a a playlist for birth because like birth is a long time dog like you like birth is long man we uh we were in the car like trying to put together like songs i think it we probably hit like not even five hours you know what i'm saying no we definitely ran through that playlist at least twice and still randomly got on some random music by the time i was pushing i was like what is this yeah like the push song to say put something else on the push song was definitely weak and like we were just going through the motion at that point and in my head like we're going through the contraction like man like i don't know what the music's on but this is not move right now so like like figure out grab some whole albums you know what i'm saying like if you want to do some playlists uh sw- think go across some genres you know what i'm saying like uh because it's it's tough man um it's tough and it also in my head i was like man like we've gone through this playlist twice like this is a long time like i knew that it was gonna be long right but like you don't realize how long long is until it's dark outside and the sun is up and you're still nowhere near like complete like like the baby's not here and i'm watching the sunrise from our window i'm like man this is tough and so like um just make sure you come equipped with enough music to to keep the vibes going (laughs) 
And I think similarly on that same kind of vein, um, is like, if there are things, and I will say this is separate from necessarily like your birth preferences, right? But like, if there are things that you are hopeful for, like, put a plan in place, because I was like, I really wanted video to happen. And we just never set up a video camera because nobody remembered to do it. And there was no way that I was going to be able to articulate that I wanted somebody to turn on a camera and set it up for birth and watching her come out of me um, in the moment. There was no way. Um, and so putting that in place or, you know, we had our, our doula was amazing and took pictures during birth as well. Um and I wish that I had put on a bra so I could share some of those pictures <laughs> because, um, yeah, most of the time I was like entirely naked in my house, which is great. I felt free. I felt comfortable. But I wish I had been like, you know what? This will be a, the bra I put on so I can get into the pool so I can share these pictures with the world. But now they're just for me. And that's okay. Maybe one day I'll be shameless enough to just let them out. But like right now. I'm not at that place. So if there are things that you want and you hope for, for documenting or experiencing or like setting an ambiance during your birth, like just plan for it <laughs> or have somebody who like, that's their role. You're going to make sure that this playlist gets turned on or you're going to make sure that this video gets turned on because I will forget. Um, so I would say that. Um, and I would say, um, for, you know, as kind of revisiting all the things that we prepared for, I feel like the mental, um, shifts that needed to take place were the most important for me. Maybe they're not the most important for everybody, depending on where you kind of are and what your, your birth experience will be. But, um, the expectful app really was helpful for me and just hearing other people's stories. So like, not being afraid of birth looked like a lot of different steps for me. Um, and so whatever your fears are is being able to like acknowledge them and being able to hold space with yourself, um, whether that's through meditation, whether that's like talking to friends, whether that's listening to podcasts is just allowing yourself the space to acknowledge those things. Um, and also knowing that, there are certain people, certain places that you will go that are not affirming, are not encouraging, are not helpful <laughs> when you are coming to them with your fears and with the things that might be worrisome for you. Um, there were so many people who would ask me about like my birth and like what my what our plans would be. And there were some people who I would not tell I was having a home birth because I didn't want to hear what they had to say about it. Um, and so really protecting your peace in that way, regardless of what your plans are, um, just because this is sacred and there's so many people who can put ideas and fears and worries in your head. Um, and yeah, just kind of protecting that peace and protecting that space for yourself. Um, and I think similar to what I was saying before, as far as like preparing for, birth is some things that I really wish that I had done were um, some more like body work and postpartum like doula work after birth. Um, and just like finding people who could come to me as well. So like doing your due diligence beforehand um, to find those people that maybe you don't book them, but you're like, I know who to call. So you don't have to do that work on the back end. 
Um, and given my, um, my professional role as a therapist, I would be remiss to say also include on that list a therapist um, because postpartum is real and we often don't realize that um, like, you know, like one in three people have depression or anxiety or both or something else throughout pregnancy and postpartum. And that is higher than the rates of gestational diabetes. And we, we all screen for that. We all get tested for that regardless. So um, just ensuring that everyone is aware that that is normal. It is okay to have like thoughts, scary thoughts, overwhelming thoughts, worry, all of that is so um, commonplace in this journey um, and that there are people to support you. Um, this is advice I have to take for myself as well. I feel like I breathe it and live it all the time with clients. And I also need the reminder that it's okay for me to not always be okay or to be overwhelmed as well. So just sharing that too. Um, but outside of that, I think, I think that's everything. I think so. <laughs> Partners get involved. That's yes, partners get involved. Like, there's no, I mean, there's like, there can be some barriers to like getting involved, but like, get involved. <laughs> thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Um, so many gems besides the birth itself. There's just a lot. Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> that we, that we were thrilled to be able to share space in here today, but just thrilled for our community of listeners to get to as well. So just really grateful for y'all for sharing today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. Birth Stories in Color has expanded our services to include postpartum support. Postpartum is a forever journey. This support is just as sacred as birth as it is to the foundation to the beginning of your family life, whether it's your first baby or third. Postpartum support can nurture your transition and empower your family as a unit while welcoming the new member. As your postpartum doulas, we serve and support the birthing person and their family in the home and or virtually after delivery during the fourth trimester. Our in-home support enables the family to meet their needs to nourish, revive, nurture, surrender, and heal. Check out our website, birthstoriesandcolor.com, under offerings to see how we may be a support to you.